Thank you for joining us for Community Night, the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. you're feeding your flesh because you know the music you're listening to is directed toward that um, well then your flesh is going to get stronger if you're feeding your spirit because the, the the words that you're singing or the words that you're listening to is is glorifying Jesus you know lifting up the name of Christ it's praising God in today's message, Pastor Robert will share with you that what you choose to allow into your life is what will tend to come out. Are you watching TV and movies that have explicit scenes? Are you listening to music that is full of expletives? These are all things that do not grow your relationship with the Lord. Now let's join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth for Community Night on Main Thing Radio as they continue their message, Questions. Spirit convicted me so deeply, not about the content of the book, but about the fact that I was spending all my time, and this is the way it hit me. It's like you're spending all your time with Louis L'Amour and very little with me, Robert. And I'm like, oh, it's true. So I shipped all the Louis L'Amour books back to my mom. My dad thoroughly enjoyed them. But do you understand what I'm saying? It it wasn't the content in that situation. It was it was the use of time. It was that kind of thing. But what you feed is what's going to grow. And if you're feeding your flesh, because you know the music you're listening to is directed toward that, um, well, then your flesh is going to get stronger. If you're feeding your spirit, because the the, the words that you're singing or the words that you're listening to is, is glorifying Jesus, you know, lifting up the name of Christ. It's praising God and, you know, and, and you're drinking that in. I, I remember the first time I woke up with a praise song, a worship song playing in my head instead of Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? It was the most wonder, it was the most awesome experience. Waking up with worship on, on my, you know, in my heart and, and playing in, in my head, you know, in, instead of something else. And last thing I'm gonna say about this, when, when U2 first came out, kind of dates me a little bit, okay? The band, U2, um, initially they were, reputed to be a Christian band because they were Christians. It's like everybody in, you know, in, in Ireland is like you're Catholic or Christian or, and Bono came from a household that was both, you know. And so anyway, I started listening to some of their music and it, it lasted for about a month. 
because I love their music. But I started feeling some of the old urges popping up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of the, so the flesh started rising up, so I threw it away. I personally, I have to be extremely careful about music. I can movies and you know books are a little different. For I have to be careful with the books too. Movies, for some reason, n- n- not as big a deal, but. The books I read will become more vivid to me than a movie, and I'll remember them. The music that I listen to, I have to be careful. So my my personal conviction on that, I stopped listening. I don't I don't listen to any non-Christian music, and I'm careful even about the Christian music that I that I listen to because um, it it ain't all the same. Um, I want to be sure that the music that I'm drinking in is actually worshiping the one who's worthy of worship mm-hmm. and that it's not adoration of something else or, or whatever. Romans 12.2 gives us instruction, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or that you may test out for yourself, know for yourself and demonstrate what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, third question. Yes. I was just wondering if the stone tablets that contain the Ten Commandments still exist today in a museum somewhere. No. (laughs) That's the short answer. The reason we know that is that they were in the Ark of the Covenant, and we don't know where the Ark is. Now, there is one old Hasidic rabbi who says he knows where the, where the ark is, which is fascinating to me. He's, he says that, that uh, the minute we need it, we know where to find it. And who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe that's true, but we're not even sure that the, um, the original items that were placed inside the ark are still there. So the stone tablets may be long gone. You know, God is very deliberate about um, certain things. Like we, we um, the, the Bible tells us that God buried Moses. Why? Well, because all of Israel would be going to his gravesite every day, burning candles, doing whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 I'm not, not going to let you lift up Moses like that. Um, you, you, you're bad enough without that. So, you know, it's you understand? It's like all the different pieces of the cross, you know, the, the, the little relics that, that the, the Catholic Church and the Orthodox churches have. And, you know, man, you could build a mall bigger than sawgrass with all the little pieces of the cross that are scattered around the world. You know, it's not, it's not real. And, um, but let me read you a couple of things here. The world's earliest known stone inscription of the Ten Commandments was sold at auction on November the 16th, 2016, after spending three decades as a paving stone. The commandments were carefully chiseled into the white marble slab, weighing 52 kilos, 115 pounds, and measuring 63 by 57 centimeters. The tablet was likely inscribed during the late Roman or Byzantine era, between 300 and 800 AD, 
making the tablet about 1,500 years old. It's thought to have marked the entrance of an ancient synagogue that was later destroyed by the Romans between 400 and 600 AD or by the crusaders in the 11th century as noted by the heritage auctions. Uh, in 2017, Tel Aviv University's Israel Fink Finkelstein, Finkelstein, I'm never sure how to pronounce that. Anybody know? That's good, depends on what language you're speaking. I guess so. He began an uh, expedition in the hope of finding the Ark of the Covenant, which might still contain the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments inscribed. But, like I said, the one rabbi says, we know where it's at, it was found, but nobody knows whether it's true or not. Yeah, so we don't know. Okay, so I, I want to answer the last question. Okay. Um, why do some languages choose to keep the original Hebrew names in their lexicon while others do not? And why historically did English translations of the Bible choose to substitute the Hebrew names in a written context, yet they have remained as part of our spoken language? The, the one who asked this, I found resources that document the when, but not the why. And in a way, I'm not gonna fully address that because I can't know the reasons of the translators. We can't know the minds of those who did it. But, but what we can say and what I find undergirds that the answer to that question is that there is a huge distinction between the human translations of the original God-breathed documents and then the documents themselves. Does that make sense? We can, a lot of times when people get um, hung up on, on things in the Bible, it has to do with uh, the translations. It's the translations that bother them and not the original documents. And that's where people find such a, it's easy to tear apart what is human. It's a whole different thing to tear apart what is divine. And so what I mean by that is like, what I'm most familiar with are the English translation, even though I'm from Denmark, because I came here early in my walk, and at the time in Denmark, there was only really like King James Version type Bibles in Danish. So I learned most of my, my awareness of the word in English even though it's my second language. And so in English, here in America, there are a gazillion translations of the word. And a lot of times people want to argue about this translation or that translation. And there are some that are downright heretic, like there are things that deviate so much from the original that you can't defend it. But most of them have one emphasis over another. Like some of them, for instance, the, the Living Bible or the NIV, some versions of the NIV, what they try to do is make the Bible accessible. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Thanks for tuning in to Community Nights, a ministry of Main Thing Radio in Calvary, Miami Beach. Pastor Robert and Elizabeth invite you to join them each Friday as they share from the scriptures those things that are important to the church, the church family, and the community outside your four walls. We're so glad you joined us. If you'd like to explore more of these messages or listen to Pastor Robert's verse-by-verse -verse teachings through the Bible, visit MainThingRadio.com now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts. You'll find a link on our website. We'd love to hear from you too. Let us know how Main Thing Radio has impacted you or someone you know and tell us what the Lord's been doing in your life. You can connect with us through the contact form at MainThingRadio.com, through Facebook or Twitter, or just give us a call at 305-531-2730. 
Be sure to share any prayer requests, too. We want to know how we can pray for you. That number again is 305-531-2730. We are coming to the end of our time with you today. Join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth next time for another Friday edition of Main Thing Radio.